0: seeing the explosion and interest of people of all different types in the ideas of liberty. We talk about hope. we're not quite there yet, but damn it, we're getting pretty close to where these ideas and things like that have percolated through, you know, the mainstream and people are aware of them at least now. Welcome
1: to the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here is your host, your guide, your shining beacon of liberty, Mark Clare. Welcome on back my friends, and I don't know about you guys, but I'm ready to advance the ideas of liberty, and that's what we do here at the Lions of Liberty podcast, and it's what we're going to do today, here in episode 111. Now, before we get into the show today, I would be remiss to not tell you about this amazing concept of health sharing and the package that our sponsors from Health Excellence Select have put together. If you have been frustrated with your health insurance as I once was myself, Head on over to lionsofliberty.com slash health for more information. My guest today is the founder of the Liberty Maniacs clothing line, which has found him in a legal battle with some little known government agencies such as the NSA and DHS over copyright claims, as well as most recently with the Hillary Clinton campaign. And he's here to discuss this with me today, Dan McCall. Welcome to the Lions of Liberty podcast.
0: Hey, thanks, Mark, for having me on the Lions of Liberty podcast great to be with
1: you and it's great to have you here man and uh you know i like to have cool guests on i like what you're doing out there i like what you're doing with the liberty maniac stuff and it's sad that i only really drew attention to your work through these lawsuits but uh, in a way it's it's some great publicity for you and we'll talk about all this stuff in a minute but first i want to get to know you a little bit better so why don't you just tell everybody out there how you first got interested in the ideas of liberty how did you start walking down this liberty trail
0: Oh man, it was—it's about 15 to almost 20 years ago now. When I think about it, I feel like I'm getting old here, but uh, you know, like a lot of people, kind of meandering path. I—I'd uh, always been kind of into art and in an artist and and stuff like that, and I found my myself in art school and uh, you know, kind of a classic art school in Minnesota, in the Twin Cities, and I was you know in my after high school, so I was in my 20s. And as I was doing, I loved it and everything and classic drawn uh, drawn people and, you know, nudes and all this stuff. And, you know, hey what's not love. But uh, what I found myself doing is as I started reading some of these, you know, some, what some of your listeners are probably well aware of guys like, you know, Ludwig von Mises and economists and, and other guys like Hayek. And I found myself like skipping out of art school and going to the library and reading about this stuff. So I, finally I was like, OK, I became a, a an art school dropout and end up going to college and kind of pursuing my interest in that, you know, and, and, and you run out Liberty podcast. So you, you were well aware as once it kind of gets into your veins, sometimes you just have to, uh, you have to follow that, you know, that addiction. So that happened with me and, uh, and I ended up going to college. I was kind of going on a path to being a lawyer. And, <laughs> and thankfully I, for myself anyway, I ended up veering off that. And by the time I finished up college as an undergrad, I switched gears and and I kind of uh, found my path with Liberty Maniacs and kind of experimenting with my art and stuff like that and then found an audience. So that's kind of how it how it drew me in. And and at that same time, um, as I started doing this stuff, uh, the the Liberty Movement started to really some some interesting stuff started to happen, uh, namely some of the Ron Paul stuff, especially his second presidential campaign after he ran as a libertarian. But in 2007, I had been doing Liberty Maniacs for a few years, but then all of a sudden it was just sort of this explosion of interest. And I could see all these young people, young and old really, all over the, the world really, like starting to buy my stuff and finding an interest in it. And so I, I kind of slowly turned it into my career in terms of building the site and, and, and doing what I do now. So it was a, it was, it was a fun, really interesting path. And uh, it's, it's just crazy to think that it's, it's been over 15 years that it <laughs> <laughs> doing it, but
1: wow, that's really interesting that you you were kind of ahead of the curve in a way um, before the Liberty movement, the modern Liberty movement, I guess you might call it, really yeah. picked up steam with Ron Paul's campaigns. You already had Liberty maniacs set up and rolling and everything. That's, that's really interesting because to me, I mean, Liberty wasn't remotely mainstream. The word might be, you know, a lot of Republicans might toss the word around, but liberty, right. as we know it, philosophical individual liberty—that was really Ron Paul bringing that onto the, the mainstream stage in 2007. So it's, it's really interesting that you were already not only into it yourself, as I was. You know, I right. followed Ron Paul since college. I, I, a good friend of mine had, had referred me to his writing, and I was just—I just, just love the guy. I love the way he approached issues. I love that he was looking at things in terms of individual rights, not in terms of just you know collectivism or what what's going to benefit a Republican or a Democrat or, or that kind thing right. and then i was just kind of uh, blown away when this guy comes out and announces he's running for president i was like wait a minute hold on hold on hold on this is we're supposed to be niche like no one's supposed to i'm supposed to be like alone in my basement reading like hayek i'm not supposed to be talking about this stuff with with more people but just like you said you know that that addiction thing i think it's one thing to really feel it in yourself and yeah you know, decide you're a philosophical libertarian but when you when you really get that inspiration that you can't keep it to yourself anymore and you have to find ways to express it uh there's really no uh way to stop that i've found yet <laughs> i've only right. Right. every every week i end up putting more and more <laughs> into it and, and not less so um if anyone finds a cure to this liberty addiction let me know but you know for now i guess i'm just going to keep rolling with this stuff <laughs>
0: it's it's more of a maintenance thing right it's in your exactly. blood it's, it's like a it's like a lifelong condition and you just have to maintain i think and so obviously you can hear it in your voice that it, you know it's an outlet it's a creative outlet and you, you got to kind of tap that vein you got to you got to you got to let it out so <laughs> i think it's important
1: to have an outlet too because i've really found that now that i do this podcast all the time and i write every day i don't I used to, I mean, I used to get in the Liberty conversations constantly. I mean, everywhere I went, you couldn't avoid it. And that's good. I mean, I still do that in real life. But the fact that I have this outlet and that I, you know, twice a week, I'm just spouting my nonsense that it really, really gives me that ability to kind of chill out a little bit in real life. You know, I don't need to bring it up every time I see a, a political issue on TV. I don't need to start talking to whoever happens to be unlucky enough to be sitting next to me.
0: So what you're saying, Mark, is is your friends and family really appreciate that you have an outlet. right? Yes. Now.
1: <laughs> they, they love my podcast and not necessarily because they listen to it, <laughs> but many of them do also, you
0: know, right. Right. Yeah. So no, that's the same thing here. You know, I found my, when I was, especially in college, you probably had the same thing when you, you get it kind of ignited by the, the flames of Liberty. I do want to say it. And that's kind of a cheesy way, I guess, but it's cheesy, but it's, it's true. It's true. You know? Yeah. You, it, it lights, it lights a fire in you. And I remember in college just doing the most inane, you know, just stupid stuff. Try to stoke conversations. And, you you know, inevitably you get the look from people like, you know what, I don't want to hear this or, you know, whatever. So that was kind of how I meandered into doing what I did, because at that time, you know, the Internet was still pretty new. The, uh, you know, certainly the movement the way it is now was really new. And so it was it was just that was something that even kind of caught fire with me even more was that when I could make something, there would someone even in. I mean, at this point, there would be people even in Germany and stuff buying posters and shirts. And that was just like, wow, okay. Because you do really, back then, you really kind of felt like you were, you know, one of the three guys in your college that did exactly. this stuff or, what, you know, whatever. And so you just felt so alone. And, and when people kind of responded to it, uh, really for me, the internet was the only platform, the only place that I could have really, you know, done what I did. I couldn't certainly have put up a corner shop and done anything and had, you know,
1: that's so what I was going to say. If you opened at the Liberty Maniac store in Minneapolis, I mean, you might not last too long. As yeah, much right. as much so I like to think they'd be flocking in. But when you have this outlet now on the Internet, I mean, literally billions of people could find your stuff now.
0: Right. Yeah. That's what's incredible to me. So it has been fun. And, and certainly over the past 10 years, but really the past five, six years, uh, seeing the explosion and in interest in, of people of all different types in the ideas of liberty. Um, You know, we kind of all talk about, hope. Oh, we're not quite there yet, but damn it, we're getting pretty close to where these ideas and things like that have percolated through, you know, the mainstream and people are aware of them at least now. Uh, maybe not all agree, but, you know, you can kind of see some of these, uh, what was it, last week? I forget who did the poll, but they were saying, you know, it was in the press a little bit that a good portion, I don't know if it was 20% or 25% of people in America sort of thought of themselves as libertarian. Now, who knows? If they were really, you know, clear on what that meant or what they meant by that, but you know, it's certainly different than it was ten years ago. I know that, and so that always gets me going. I'm sure it gets you going too, doing your podcast and and getting conversations started. But it's it's pretty electrifying.
1: Well, sure. I mean. I might even be a little too obsessed with stats sometime. I think I've gotten a little better and I try not to like look that often, but I mean, it is inspiring. You do need to know at some point that I'm not just talking to this microphone and maybe not just to the one guest I'm talking to at a time. At some point, you have to confirm that there's a reason to do this, but uh, it is great to see, especially when I see a little dot in some other country. You know, I see a dot that says someone listened in Ukraine. I'm like, wait a minute, what? I've never been to Ukraine. Why is someone, (laughs) I get it when my friends in LA are listening. That makes sense. But like, why the the hell is someone in ukraine listening to me yeah. it's crazy but but they do and that, that's the beauty of the internet we have the ability with this technology to reach so many more people and that's why i'm, I'm really optimistic even though so many things look so bad um, on the surface you know we have the ability at least to really affect change uh, on a global scale which is really incredible something that we could never say 20 years ago that that people here in the united states could just reach someone in china or in the ukraine it's crazy yeah yeah. Let's talk a little bit more about your Liberty Maniacs. I mean, it's going great. Obviously, the Ron Paul campaigns and the, the picking up of the Liberty Movement, it really helped bring attention to your work and uh, your clothing line. And then um, things took a little bit of a turn. And you, you received, I guess, a letter from, I, th- I think you actually received, I'll let you tell the story, but was it first from Cafe Press that you received the alert that yeah. they were going to have to pull your products down? Or tell everybody how this all went down.
0: Yeah. It was, I kind of got, I got a notice by the wrong folks, I guess, in a way, I guess it was, it was it ended up working out, but um, it was about, well, you know it's two years ago now, in, in 2013, it was just days really after the, the revelations uh, that Edward Snowden was the leaker of the NSA information about, you know, widespread surveillance you know, the American population in, in the world, and the whole thing was going on. I think he was still in China, and there were questions as to where he was going to go. So, of course, me doing what I was doing, I had, you know, already done parodies of the NSA and, and things like that I so I put something up and I came up with a you know a shirt idea that was I, I thought was funny at the time just kind of taking their uh, logo and, and and making a play off it and just putting you know the NSA the only part of government that actually listens and and having their logo <laughs> and having peeping while you're sleeping instead of the United States of America you know I thought it was cute and I put it up without you know it's something that I do all the time so it wasn't something that I was like all right, this is going to go up, and I'm going to piss people off here because you know I've done the IRS and all this stuff. That's kind of just right. what I what I've been doing. So, um, so I put it up there, and and I one of the companies that I've been working with and that had allowed me kind of to have this platform and produce kind of products in a volume that wouldn't be otherwise possible for this type of thing was Zazzle, and I had been working with them for a long time, and I was actually the first independent you know brand that they brought in. In 2007, you know, a while back, it had been a really good relationship with them. And I got notified by them like three hours after I had put this this shirt up that it had to be taken down due to copyright infringement. And I kind of looked at it and went, what, you know, what the heck? And I, and I read the email and it, and it, and it said uh, the intellectual property holder made a claim against this. And so, you know, looking at the, at the email, the, the NSA is would be. Who they're talking about, I think so I went, you know I had to have a good relationship with them, so I you know I gave them a chat back and tried to get a hold of them and see what was going on and no reply for days really was what happened and, and that was just something that had never happened. so I, I started to go, oh God, what is going on here?" And after you know trying to figure out for a while what happened, it took me getting my lawyer to sort of get it out of them what happened and sure enough, they had uh, been given cease and desist letters. For my stuff and, and actually had unbeknownst to me after you know it actually took the the suit to find this out and a lot of investigation that they had they had been kind of trolling me since 2011 and they had uh originally taken down some stuff some mugs and stuff like that uh that i had done and we just found out about it now and and and, and zazzle had been you know now hindsight's 2020, it was become obvious that they were so afraid that they didn't even notify me. They didn't, they just, it was mums the word basically when they were notified by by the NSA. It's
1: weird when we're nervous over like removing mugs and stuff. I mean, like, I mean, it seems yeah. so
0: ridiculous. It, it's so ridiculous. And then it's like, there's this, it's chilling too. It's kind of like, you know, this this company was it was so afraid they didn't want to mess, you know, and there, there could have been a multitude of reasons that they did. Maybe they had, you know, they. I, I think they have contracts with people. I don't know what they're doing business with, with uh, I don't know. But uh, I, you can see, I mean, there. I guess, long and short of it, you can see the argument where they're afraid legally, but in terms of just, you know, common sense and just general decency, and there's no reason they should have done it. At least they could have notified me that there was an issue. So uh, long and short of it, we, you know, after talking with my, my lawyer, we found out that it was all, actually the, the Department of Homeland Security had been doing the same thing. And they were using a very similar justification. The NSA was using the justification that we were using their logo and their identity without permission and so any use or even use of the, the acronym NSA or the you know national security agency using that on any sort of product or anything it had to have the express uh, permission from the director of the NSA which is just you know profoundly screwed up you know
1: just- <laughs> like like you're going to call him up and <laughs> hey uh, i'm working on these t-shirts is it cool if i uh... i mean it's absurd
0: you know, just just stupid. So after that, the, the DHS had a a similar claim. theirs was just a, a defacement, so you couldn't use anything that had to do with the Department of Homeland Security and deface its logo or anything like that. Some weird thing that basically kind of made up regulation or law that they had. So their justification. So we ended up kind of talking about it. We convinced a little bit about it, and we decided to go for it. And uh, and we ended up going after and suing them over a violation of my first amendment and misuse of, uh, of copyright law. So, and that was, I guess, November is when we actually end up filing. So it took a few months to get everything lined up and, and actually file in court in Maryland federal court. And, uh, and so it was kind of over the, uh, over the holidays and stuff like that. We had to kind of wait and see, see what was going to go on. And finally, in uh, February, we we're notified that, uh, the NSA was going to, you know, actually after the story had, uh, kind of, Taken air across the the country and the in the in the world, um, they finally settled out of you know out of court, and decided to to uh, repay my legal fees or my filing fees, which was like five hundred bucks. But then also you know issue uh, a statement that what they did was was incorrect and that they wouldn't do it again. So, um, which was in my view is fine. I still would have liked to have sort of a defeat. And I, I mean I'm happy that it ended up the way it was. I would have liked to set a little stronger precedent um, because it wasn't <laughs> it was soon after that. It was actually almost a year to the day after that, that uh, I, you know, I got another another situation that was similar with uh, Hillary Clinton's folks with her pack trying to take down a parody that I did that was kind of making fun of their her. Uh, I'm ready for Hillary, which is what and I, I converted it to I'm I'm ready for oligarchy um, and put it out there. And And sure enough, her lawyers came after and and tried to do a similar thing. So it's one of these things that uh, I don't know if I see an end to it, but it's, uh, it's uh, what I'm seeing that lately and or I guess the, the whole time is, is these, these entities, these people and these groups using copyright law and intellectual property to basically stifle free speech and fair use uh, and parody and satire. Um, and it's, it's something that's, uh, I'm hoping that something like these cases do something to sort of you know give them pause when people are trying to, uh, you know, use IP to 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 shut you down, but uh, we'll see what happens this this coming election. <laughs> on my end,
1: it seems a little crazy because I mean, it's pretty well established that you know there is such a thing as fair use for for logos and stuff like that, and it's not right. like you were putting out. NSA T-shirts, acting as if you are the NSA and trying to misrepresent yourself as a, a DHS agent. I mean, you're you're using them as a parody, and that's that. There's plenty of legal precedent that shows that people can do that as far as parodies go, um, and yet they still came after you. So do you think they were just hoping that you know you're not a guy that was going to really fight it, or you weren't going to go get a lawyer, you were just going to roll over and say, oh well, I, I guess I can't use it.
0: Yeah, I you know that that actually was that was one of the more difficult things to be actually to be honest because it was is because it became pretty clear that that was the case. And and one of the reasons I know that is because I could sense the chilling effect in terms of when, when I talk to other artists and, and, and other people, they're very afraid, very tentative to, to kind of do the same thing. And I've known that that's been the case. You know, making fun of the government isn't always the, you know, as much as it should be, it's not one of the most popular things to do.
1: It can be a risky proposition.
0: <laughs> yeah, it can be risky. And people understand that. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that maybe people were a little bit more wise than I am, but... Um, uh, it was probably really true, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it was, you know, the way that people reacted to it, especially in the creative sort of, uh, world was, was kind of interesting. So, and it was, I knew early on dealing with the situation that, you know, for a guy like me, who's, you know, you know, a small voice in this deal, it was really important to kind of get the, get the word out there. And so that people knew what was going on and, you know, and, and my lawyer certainly was was on that side too and hounding me to to get out there and and let people know how, how absurd it was and i to this day i know the the only thing that that allowed me to win this situation and to prevail was was the was the support of people and that that word spread and um and that really started out in independent media talking to guys like Ben Swan and stuff like that that got the word out there and then i knew after that that you know, the, the wider sort of the long tail of, of of the news had to kind of pick it up. Otherwise, I was, you know, I was dead in the water. So uh, eventually that did, whether they were reluctant or not. I think at one point it was on the Drudge Report and it was kind of the top story for the day. And then I could definitely then it started getting picked up uh, the story about the NSA from there. But, yeah, I think it wasn't until it hit critical mass in, in the news that there was any chance that I was going to win and they were going to back down. It was, it was one of those things where I think they had to be so publicly shamed that they were going to back down. But, you know, maybe not, but that that's certainly what it seems like to me.
1: Well, you got all that attention. You're, you're on Drudge, your story's all over the place. And Hey, now you finally hit the big time and landed on Lions of Liberty. So this, yeah, exactly. this, this is working out great. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, baby. Dan, I hate to interrupt our conversation, but you know, we got to take a little time to give some love to our sponsors over at health excellence select. Believe me, guys, I know nobody likes dealing with health insurance companies. It's bad enough that you're sick, but now, thanks to the ACA, you're forced to pay for all sorts of coverage you don't even want or need, and the odds are you are indeed paying for it. I was frustrated too until I did some research and found out about health sharing, where like minded, health conscious individuals get together to cover each other's medical costs. And now the fine folks at Health Excellence Select have taken it to another level with a complete healthcare service. Combining health sharing with personal care assistance to help you find the doctors that you need at the best price, 24-7 phone access to physicians, along with discounts on dental and vision. And if that wasn't enough, they even have a website that works, if you can believe that. Guys, if you are struggling with a solution to your health care needs, look no further than Health Excellence Select. For more information, head on over to lionsofliberty.com health. You know, you were having a pretty successful clothing line, but at the same time, suddenly these guys come in with their lawsuits and now you're getting free advertising. Now you got a free ad on the Drudge Report. I mean, now you got free ads all over the place. You're going to get a free ad on Lions of Liberty. I mean, it might be one of the best things that could have happened to you at the end of the day, although I'm sure you had to go through a lot of stress and and money and that kind of thing. So did they actually, did they compensate you as well as part of this agreement then? I know you mentioned there was financial compensation, but did you able to recoup your costs or did that, did they put you in a financial hole at all?
0: It worked out pretty good because I was able to, you know, all, all I got recouped was was the filing fee. But because we didn't go to trial and we didn't do anything, it didn't get any further than that. I mean, if it would have gone, thankfully, my lawyer, Paul Allen Levy, who uh, who's sort of a crusader in this area of free speech and in terms of uh, copyright and things like that. And he's, I, I would say, probably one of the, the top guys out there that deals with this. And I was very lucky to have him and and the other thing he he worked with me pro bono on there so that helped out a lot i mean i would i would have probably gone bankrupt very fast if i had to to foot the whole bill and the whole the whole thing so at the same time it was it was nice to get the support you know um it was it was kind of one of those situations where you have free advertising and it but it was also one of those things that was kind of it was kind of a necessary deal i certainly i i certainly didn't get rich off the deal that's for sure but right. um, you know it was one of those things that to experience that thing. there's so many great things about it that was you know just to just to kind of <laughs> troll the government itself has been part of what i do and have a lot of fun with but the, the other side of it was uh, you know sort of the darker side and, and i didn't when, when i was going through it i didn't necessarily retry, even try to think about some of the more scarier aspects because it didn't take long talking to people where they're saying well have fun with your audit and this and the other thing and, <laughs> and talking to people that were actually because you get to meet great people and and interesting people. And some of the people that were actually in the intelligence community were giving me some pretty scary, you know, <laughs> possibilities of things that could happen and that kind of stuff. So it wasn't until I, you know, I stopped and after the fact.
1: Wait, what do you mean by that? <laughs> Can you elaborate a little bit? I mean, well, were, you know, were,
0: were they going to whisk you away to Guantanamo or something? Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of the, you know, I, at first I joke about that kind of stuff. And then, you know, there is some things that happened through that whole period that were pretty incredible that I can't really even bring up. But Things with my family and and stuff like that that actually got kind of scary and um,
1: well like threatening phone
0: calls yeah or little, something you know, like that definitely definitely uh, I was definitely on a on a list <laughs> that way and so that that it, when that stuff started happening and thankfully some of that stuff I didn't know until after it had all kind of cleared happened then, then that was uh, you know that was troubling so there was some time it wasn't all it wasn't all fun that's for sure but it did there were some great parts of it too I mean throughout that. I actually got to, um, you know, help out with Edward. You know, I'm a big fan of Edward Snowden and, and what he did. And I got to work with him and, and his group to, uh, you know, get his his website up and do some fundraising and stuff like that for for them.
1: So you're working directly with the Snowden people
0: then? I haven't been doing much lately or anything like that because they kind of, that was the early times. I mean, back at that point, they actually was it was pretty cool. I mean, they came to me, this was a time when, and he had just gotten into to Moscow, and he was—I mean, there wasn't even any pictures. We just had the the pictures from the Guardian and stuff of him, and those were everywhere. So they they kind of came to me and said, "You know, we got to get his site up. You know, can you give us a hand?" And so so I helped them do some stuff like that, and then and I did some portraits and stuff that we could put up on the site because there just really wasn't any pictures. And I, can you at least send me a snapshot of them? because you know. <laughs> I'm like now we can't send anything you know they'll... <laughs> so there's a lot of interesting things that happened with that and uh you know certainly i'll remember that period uh for the rest of my life to be able to be kind of part of of that whole thing it was really amazing so but uh yeah it's uh if i was to do it again i'd certainly do it again but
1: uh <laughs> it's like it's like the best time you never want to have again pretty much right you know that's okay. it's, it's how i heard i've heard uh friends describe sort of like basic training in the army like that right. it's, it's an amazing time that you absolutely never want to do again yeah, right.
0: <laughs> it was like it's actually a weird thing just that weird side I, I was watching that uh shoot the messenger that show about uh the movie that, that came out a while back and for some reason you know not to even close to compare myself to that or anything like that but it was just like i, I it was finally a time where i kind of watching the, the movie and here this this journalist was going against uh, the the tide basically against the government exposing things that that they didn't you know want exposed
1: that's the movie that's the one with Jeremy Renner about um him exposing the um all the this, basically the CIA drug dealing is that the one you're talking about
0: correct yeah and so for for whatever reason i was sitting there with my wife watching that and i was just almost in tears like it, i hadn't really thought about the things that could happen I and mean, for whatever reason I was like, oh God, I was terrible. Like, what did I just do? You know, and this was, this was over a year afterwards. So
1: you, know, <laughs> well, you never know. hopefully they're not nearly as threatened by your t-shirts as they were by someone uh, you know, uncovering their entire drug smuggling operation. So
0: <laughs> And like I say, I wouldn't even put myself in that category, but it was it was it's a you know, it's a little scary, but uh <laughs> but fun too. And hopefully uh hopefully we, we wouldn't have to, de- I wouldn't have to make those same kind of parodies, but I look forward to kind of, you know, that's one of the fun things about what I do is, is being able to kind of digest the news and spit out stuff like this. So,
1: a nice opportunity i'll tell you i'm already looking forward as soon as i hang up with you i'm going to go check out are you selling these these ready for oligarchy bumper stickers right now or have you had to sort of cease operations Uh, no we got those because i want one of those because i tell you what i'm already seeing i'm out here in los angeles so you can imagine i'm i see these hillary stickers everywhere (laughs) and i i I just really want to put one of those things on my car (laughs) so i will be on your store shortly
0: (laughs) that was the impetus they're you know in minnesota too they're pretty ubiquitous i mean everywhere i was going and And that was that was the thing. I I'm staring at this this bumper sticker um, on the road. And then on the radio comes a story about how Jeb Bush is going to run for president, probably. And and this whole thing, I'm like, oh, my God. I mean, this is (laughs) so that 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 uh, meme was born then.
1: Are we going to get some Jeb parodies uh, in our future here?
0: Oh, yeah. I think, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to this election coming up. You know, I always kind of gear up for these because it's one of those times when, uh, you know, people are just. Kind of cute as one time where even the average person kind of pays attention. And so it's an opportunity to kind of to get some jabs in to to kind of communicate ideas that they might not otherwise uh, pay attention to. And just the the cast of characters this time, I think, is going to be curious.
1: one of these guys will be president aspect. It's scary as hell. But from a pure um, comedy aspect, yeah. oh, the, the possibilities and a parody aspect for you, the possibilities are really unlimited with, with this crew they're gathering here. It's almost like you guys can't be serious. Yeah, right? yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: It'll be a lot of burning the midnight oil
1: here. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So I, I can picture some stuff with Huckabee. Lindsey Graham says he's getting in the race. I mean, yeah. the possibilities are unlimited with these guys, especially with some of the the, the just the dumb crap that these guys have said over the years. I mean, there, there's so many t-shirt ideas and uh, (laughs) I look forward to seeing them all, Dan. I look forward to seeing more of your work now. uh, Before I let you go, why don't you just, give everybody sort of the wrap up. And um, I guess also update us on what's going on with this current uh, situation with the Clinton campaign. Hopefully that gets resolved pretty soon. Um, Hopefully they'll just look at your agreement with NSA and DHS and see that, you know, just (laughs) that they're obviously in the wrong here too. But um, why don't you let everybody know how they can get in contact with you, how they can find your stuff, how they can find all the great products that you're producing over at Liberty Maniacs.
0: Oh, thanks, Mark. Yeah. Just uh, head on down to to libertymaniacs.com and you'll You'll see our site, you'll see all sorts of shirts and posters and all that kind of stuff, and our blog, and, uh, you know, there's a bunch of different places where you can actually shop, you know, from Zazzle to even places on Amazon and and things like that to find our our stuff. But easiest place is right on libertymaniacs.com and check us out.
1: Dan McCall, thanks a lot. And I'm sitting here while you're talking to me, looking at your website, and I'm, I'm literally picking out stuff I'm going to get. So I'm not full of it. You're going to see an order from me pretty soon. And I encourage you guys to check out Dan's stuff too. We will obviously link to all his stuff in the show notes for this show. Uh, Dan, thanks a lot for joining me. And keep up the great work. And you know, take these, uh, take these uh, Hillary people down a notch, maybe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. Take care, Dan. Good time. Thanks.
1: All right guys, what a great guy Dan McCall is. Huh? I really enjoyed my conversation with him and I'm I'm really enjoying Liberty Maniacs. I don't know if you guys have checked this site out. I'm going to give some free advertising right now, but Liberty Maniacs is an awesome website. I've been browsing it. They got some really cool t-shirts, really cool stuff. So, you know, head over there, check it out and help support Dan, this guy who is fighting the good fight and fighting it in a fun way, fighting it through parody, fighting it through cool t-shirts. And let me tell you, you might say, what's a t-shirt going to do? What's a bumper sticker going to do? And on its own, you know, a t-shirt or a bumper sticker might not do anything, but you never know when something can catch someone's eye, when, A Ron Paul bumper sticker might send someone to go, hey, who's this Ron Paul guy? And Google him. Or a ready for oligarchy bumper sticker might make someone Google oligarchy and find out what that is. Many people don't realize what oligarchy is. Many people don't realize that there's a study that came out in the last year that statistically proves by looking at the last 10-15 years that we live in an oligarchy. It's a system essentially controlled by a few powerful elite and they they give us the sort of illusion of choice, but at the end of the day when your choice in 2016 might be Hillary Clinton and Jeb Bush. And then back in 1992, over 20 years ago, it was Bill Clinton and George Bush. Now, look, I don't think that people who are related to people who have held office should be, you know, specifically barred from running for president and running for office. But in a country of over 300 million people, many of which are extremely bright and intelligent and accomplished, it seems a little odd that in a 30-year period, we might have two presidential elections featuring two members of the same families against each other. It's absolutely crazy, and, and it seems like that is exactly the matchup, so to speak, that is being set up for us. And no, I'm not really one of the... Alex Jones, conspiracy theorist who thinks the New World Order is manipulating everything in order to dominate the world. I don't necessarily believe that. There's one guy in a back room puffing on a cigar, pulling all the strings. But there is a concerted effort to control the system by a certain amount of people who have a certain amount of money and power. That is undeniable, folks. And that is oligarchy, and that's why I'm glad we got Dan McCall out there bringing attention to this issue. Bringing attention to so many issues in a fun and interesting way. And it might suck that the NSA and the DHS came after him. might suck that the Hillary Clinton campaign came after him. But hey, that's how I found out about Liberty Maniacs, and I imagine that's how a lot of other people are going to be finding out about Liberty Maniacs. Perhaps some of those people are finding out listening to this show right now, so I highly encourage you to check out Liberty Maniacs. We will link to it at the show notes page, lionsofliberty.com slash 111. And until next time, my friends, why don't you go ahead and live long and live free of frivolous copyright claims.
0: Mastering is John Daugherty.